Welcome to the WrestleBall Podcast. We are your host, as always. My name is Joseph Ty. Joining me is my good friend, Mark Belraj. Welcome back, Mark. It has been a little while since we had a podcast. It has indeed, and a lot has happened and transpired. So we're going to try and go over a lot of what we've probably should have covered in earlier weeks, but... Uh, but nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, obviously the the big thing that's uh, happened over the last what three weeks? When 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 did this James Harden trade go down? Uh, January twelve, I believe, is this first game. So it happened probably a day or two before, or, you know, probably three four days before that. So let's talk the beginning about of the year. Let's talk about this trade because it's obviously, trade. yeah, we've seen a couple of games now. We've seen James Harden play with all three all. Two other guys, uh, Kyrie Irving and Katie. The entire team of. Three so we get a little guys. bit of hindsight, a little twenty twenty when we talk about this trade. But how do you feel about this for the Nets? First off, well, they traded away uh, pretty big pieces. Jared Allen, who I was always a big fan of, uh, Turian Prince, who they actually just had picked up in the off season. Karis LeVert, who was having you know very breakout years on the on the days that Kyrie and KD weren't playing. Unfortunately, Karis, well, Karis also was probably was the saved. Best player on the team last year. Yeah, and he was like fit, like health wise, he was saved because of this trade because he actually detected something on mm. a little bit of a mass on his kidney, um, had which would have been completely missed probably for a little time, probably by the Nets organization, not because they're neglectful, but because uh, it's just something you don't like you don't at. always do. Yeah, so uh, and he he's he, he had successful surgery, uh, but we'll we'll get into a little bit of that too. Um, and I think that was all the players, more or less, uh, that they traded. But they traded essentially a lot of their bench. Um, of course, you get the all-star in James Harden. Uh, and then you have obviously have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, and I guess DeAndre Jordan would have to start. They're also looking into getting guys like Kevin Love and JaVale McGee, which is an additional topic. How do I see it from the Nets' point of view? Uh, I think it's a big win for them, regardless if they're emptied out their bench or not. Let's not forget, though, they gave up three first-round picks as well. Yeah. And then the uh, four first-round swaps, um, which could be huge, assuming that the Rockets are going to be mediocre for the next four or five years. Although they've been playing pretty uh, decent Very so well. far. They're in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so. I believe they are. I believe they're at like 500. No, they're not. They are 500, but they're not in the playoff picture oh. at the so moment. So they might be uh, like a playing candidate. Yeah. Um, so there is a lot given up by the Nets. I agree with you, though, that when you're well, getting Nets, James Harden back... The Nets gave up picks, right? So yes. it would be dependent on how the Nets do, not how the Rockets do? Oh, shoot. Yeah, sorry. What am I saying? Yeah, you're right. So um, The Nets are going to do well for probably for the next four years. Yeah, I guess it would be so. based on both teams, right? Yeah. So if, if, if um, Houston miraculously does well and, and, and Brooklyn does worse for some reason, then they could swap the pick, but... You're right. For the most part, uh, assuming that Houston is mediocre, then those swap picks probably won't even be swapped in the first place. Well, it doesn't really matter because it's only a 2024 second round pick from the Cavs. So it's not even a first round pick that the Nets are getting in return, uh, which is which is not even a Houston pick. It's a Cleveland pick. You're talking so, no. You're talking about the Nets receiving. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still talking about the swap pick. The Nets. The Nets giving Houston their picks. Yeah, plus yeah. The, sw the swap picks. Plus the swap picks, yeah. Yeah, but again, I was just saying that it probably won't matter because Houston will probably be worse than Brooklyn next for the next uh, little while. Next little while. That yeah. said, I do think they gave up a lot of depth in this, and, and that's a bit concerning because the thing we talked about with Brooklyn was that what was so great about Kevin Durant coming to this team was they were a solid team. They're an established team already. And then you bring in a, a superstar, and that should take them over the top. Now it's... Literally banking on the the. the You're big definitely three. sold out, 
and traded your entire roster for a James Harden who is unproven in the playoffs in terms of being in the clutch moments. Right. Um, so you, yeah, it was, it was, I wouldn't have done, I don't know if I would have done the move. I like depth, but that's me personally. Um, I definitely see the allure in superstardom and you're, that's what you have here. Kyrie, Katie and James Harden. James Harden, I think got into the history books with having a 30 point triple double game against the magic. His, his first, um, they've been pretty good with James Harden. I think there's, um, their last, uh, all the games with James Harden, um, six and six and two. Uh, yes, they've been stellar. They lost to Cleveland twice, which is hilarious. Um, but uh, as opposed to that, I mean, they really haven't really had a challenge. Uh, Magic, they beat Bucks. They beat, which it actually is a challenge. Yes, Cleveland and Cleveland both times, which I I just feel like they're anomalies. But whatever, the Heat are struggling right now. The Hawks, I, uh, hard for me to say. Sorry, they faced a, a a mix of teams because I guess they're the only super team. So. Uh, I- I think, uh, well, I agree with you that Brooklyn has basically been winning. Um, the, the the weird thing, though, is that the games have been really close and coming down to the wire. Mm. Um, obviously, Brooklyn has no defense anymore. You look at the, the scores of these games, everything's over 100 and well above 100. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely a bit of concern when, you know, they're going to the wire with guys like the Hawks. They're losing to the <laughs> teams like the Cavs. Yeah. Um, I do think, though, that, you know, when playoffs roll around, they turn on to that next year, it's going to be very difficult to beat these guys. Um, the other concern, too, is just the the longevity. We, we, we know Kyrie Irving gets injured. It's almost certain that he gets injured every year, at least for a week, two weeks, maybe a month. Uh, so we'll see what happens when that happens. I mean, I think if all guys are healthy, this team is rock solid. You got three of the best players in the league, but... That's all you got. And you have no more depth on your bench. Um, you know, you're starting a guy like uh, DeAndre Jordan as your center, uh, who's not a bad center but by, you know, by any means. But, I mean, you had Jared Allen. All right. Um, and then, again, you, you gave a, a lot of depth in Karis LeVert and Torian Prince, right? So, um, if they had Spencer Didwood be back from injury, that would have been great. It would improve their depth a little bit. But right now, they basically have an awesome starting lineup and not much else Mm -hmm. so they're looking like five deep in the playoffs yeah and it might be enough that's how good these guys are kevin durant looks phenomenal looks like he hadn't missed a beat um his stats are just out of this world as as normal right uh kyrie irving is doing kyrie irving kind of type things which are also really good in terms of stats and james harden is james harden he's gonna do what he needs to do he doesn't necessarily need to get you 30 points and you're gonna see that a lot that he's gonna get triple doubles in you know point wise low but everything else really high so it might just be enough now the now the thing that'll be interesting to see is how many minutes um, these guys are going to play down the stretch. I know there's a lot of resting and et cetera, et cetera, but these guys are used to playing, you know, over 35 minutes a game. And sometimes, like you've stated, because of the lack of depth, you're going to need, and the game's being close, so close up until the fourth, a lot of these guys are going to be run maybe into the ground, you know, by the time playoffs come. So that's, that is something I see as a challenge for them to have to manage. Um, yeah, especially like Katie coming off injury. An Achilles injury. Kyrie Irving coming off injury. Um, and then James Arden coming off donuts, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they do as a team. Uh, I mean, you still got Steve Nash at the helm, so 
anything is possible right now. I can't. It's going to be really hard for me to gauge whether or not Steve Nash is a good coach and how he uses these guys. But as we've already seen when Kyrie did his disappearing act, there seemed to be a lot of disconnect uh, between the personal and professional lives of the Brooklyn Nets. So um, f- for all intents and purposes, you're always going to be afraid to face uh, the Nets because of the three superstars. Um, the teams that could maybe take them in the playoffs are probably the Milwaukee Bucks, maybe even outside chance Philly. And then you got the Lakers and the Clippers probably on the West. Uh, That would probably give... I give Boston an outside chance as well. You got one of the best duels, I think, in in Jason Tatum and Brown. Uh, At least stat-wise, they've been playing out of their minds this year. Um, I think in terms of Boston, I got to give it to more veterans... Uh, while Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are doing phenomenal, uh, they are also very young. So in terms of facing guys like KD, Harden, and Irving, who have a plethora of experience, and between Kyrie and KD having rings, I mean, it might be difficult. Boston can definitely do it. I'm not saying they can't, but uh, I would say they have a... Yeah, well, they might have a, as good a chance as Philadelphia. Yeah, if probably. you're throwing Philly in the mix, I'm going to yeah. throw Boston in the mix as well. Um, but you're right, like Boston, um, sorry, excuse me, Brooklyn should win those series. Um, that said, LeBron James has a very interesting opportunity here to beat Brooklyn their first year should Brooklyn make the finals, which I think uh, I'm going to say they are. Um, if LeBron beats, LeBron and AD beats uh, the Nets, that would be a huge narrative uh, furthering LeBron's GOAT conversation and and I guess AD's you know rise of uh, of being a winner. So I'm interested in seeing the LA side of this trade, even though the trade had nothing to do with LA, just sort of how it impacts the league. Um, now let's talk about uh, two other teams in this trade. Um, the Rockets. How do you feel about this trade for the Rockets? Um, I think it's phenomenal for the Rockets. The amount of picks that they picked up, whether or not the Nets do good. Um, they're still tradable pieces in the future. Uh, John Wall's playing really well. He seems to be getting back to his stride. Uh, Victor Oladipo is starting to mesh with the team while well. he's done well his first few games as well. And Christian Woods merging as someone who can, you know, play big man for Houston. So complete change in Houston. Um, I don't know what the future holds for them because the West is gritty. Is John Wall, Christian Woods, and Victor Oladipo enough? Not not entirely sure or convinced, as a lot of the teams in the West have chemistry and long, deep-seated experience with each other, including teams like Golden State and San Antonio, who are fighting for an eighth spot. Um, I mean, Houston's right out the gate, but uh, there are a lot of competitive teams in the West. I don't know. But in the long term, yeah, it's, it's definitely a good move. You say $50 million a year on an extension for James Harden, so I, I think that's a win. Yeah, but you lose James Harden, <laughs> so that's also uh, a loss too. There, I mean, I think I think it, the, the James Harden experience, uh, the James Harden uh, experiment. experiment is over. Um, they had their run. I mean, you got rid of D'Antoni in the end anyway, who ended up going to. Uh, but that's the thing, though. Is you call it an experiment, but at the same time, it's literally getting to the playoffs and, and making well, a I run think, every year. If, if if that's a fail, like if... I think they're fed up with him too because he's saying things like, okay, I want Chris Paul now. 
You got Chris Paul, then he doesn't want Chris Paul anymore because Chris Paul was blindsided by stuff like that. Yeah. So they really morphed the team to what he wanted it. It just wasn't working out in the end. And then obviously the Houston organization started to have show cracks. And so, so, so what I have a problem with with this trade is that we know that Ben Simmons from Philly was on the table. And if I'm the Rockets, I would much rather have gotten Ben Simmons uh, plus whatever else. I'm sure they would have gotten uh, picks as well on top of that. Um, like that would have been my move. That said, they did get a pretty good haul for James Harden, um, but I'm concerned for the Rockets. I mean, it looks like they're just kind of trying to shed salary because the rumor is that they don't even want to re-sign Victor Oladipo after. Uh, part of the reason they traded uh, Levert was so they could let uh, Oladipo walk after, which is, if they don't re-sign him, that's crazy to me, and w- we know exactly where this franchise is headed. Yeah, they're going to be for a 20-year rebuild, probably. So... Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, I think when you give up James Harden, that's a tough pill to swallow. I, I I agree with you that it was it was the writing was on the wall at that point in time. James Harden was obviously fed up, gained like twenty pounds, uh, <laughs> didn't want to play, was open about it, talked about it in the press conference as well. So yeah, they definitely they had to do the trade. Um, that said, it's kind of it's tough, man. You lose your superstar. I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah, well, you didn't want to play anyway, so you didn't. Yeah, he, he had to go at some point, and he was just being very negative on the team. There were points oh, well, where he was, yeah, he was. John Wall was saying Vince Carter there. Yeah, well, he was there. Were times when John Wall's like, yeah, I don't really know the relationship that we have. It's like that's a weird thing to say. Well, right? you so, listen to what Cousins even talked about how there was disrespect even before all of this had even yeah. started. And well, so, James Harden to me just has a bad attitude. Um, well, that's the other great point too, because we we talk about how G- Houston kind of made moves to appease James Harden. I mean, and then he comes out and talks like they're not doing they're not helping to help him. Yeah, out. It's yeah. like, I, I don't know him, what man. you need, man. We gave you Chris Paul. Yeah. We gave you Russell Westbrook. Um, it is what it is kind of thing. Like yeah. when you first came, we tried to team you up with, I know Jeremy Lin was, I mean, not no good in, the, in, in, in hindsight, but at the time it was kind of like, okay, we're going to put you with uh, um, Jeremy Lin and they brought in Dwight Howard um again at the time it seemed like you know big moves but obviously it didn't pan out but that's yeah. just kind of the way it works yeah sometimes and that's why i think now that you've you brought jeremy lynn up realize how long ago that was so james harden's been with the team for quite a while too so yes. it's run its course uh he's just ring chasing now he definitely wants to play with his friends um he's definitely played with everyone from okc now on his own so uh we'll see what happens um it'll be interesting as well um Cavs, though Made out like a bandit getting Jared Allen. That's crazy. Now they got some they some the, of the best centers in the league. Yeah, they got like five great centers. <laughs> they got so Andre Drummond. Expect Kevin them. Love, expect them to uh, give Allen, up a center before the trade deadline. JaVale I'm McGee. sure. Yeah, and they beat the Brooklyn Nets twice back to back, which is a super impressive by. Uh, well, let's, yeah, I'll talk Sexton about Colin Sexton for a little bit. Garland, because uh, Sexton's looking looking real good right now. Really, really good. I think he's averaging like. T- high 20s 26 27 28 something like that so um and that cleveland game uh, because i watched the the uh the first one that went into what was it double ot and holy cow colin sexton just came out in the uh first and second ot and just absolutely destroyed brooklyn so um that was (laughs) interesting one and if if, uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i believe cleveland is also in the playoffs right now um maybe like six or seven something like that they are seventh place right now, yes. So it's 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 been a weird season thus far, but um, 
if Cleveland manages to make playoffs this year, <laughs> yeah. that'll be that'll be for some fun uh, talk for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was the major trade, James Harden. I think. Um, I mean, all eyes are on Brooklyn now. I honestly believe I think that KD and James Harden. Um, are probably better off with Kyrie Irving, <laughs> without Kyrie Irving. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, but that said, Kyrie Irving has been playing freaking amazing. I think his field goal percentage is like over 50%. Um, but you see James Harden like shooting under 20 points a game. So, I mean, I don't know how long he's going to go for that. I mean, it, it could happen. where he So long as it results in wins, I think that's the only thing they should really care about. He's going to get his triple doubles, I think, for sure, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's almost getting triple double, I don't know, like 10, 10, 10, since sort of yeah. thing. But yes. Yeah. Low triple know. double point wise. It, it'll be, it'll be, I agree with you. So long as they get their win and they get their chip, it should be all good. But I mean, after a certain point, you know, like KD left Golden State, even though they were destined for multiple, multiple championships just because of narrative. So who knows if James Harden's like, oh, he wins it and then he thinks, you know what? I wish I had won it as the top guy. Yeah, or you know, Kyrie Irving's always talking about, oh, I don't want to be second fiddle, I don't want to be, you know, <laughs> I want to be the be- uh, leader. Yeah, and now he wants to be third fiddle. So, <laughs> so yeah. I, I do think there's some inherent issues with having three super super superstars on a team, um, but so far they've they they've, they've been winning. So, yeah, can't say much about that. Yeah, they figured it out. And James Harden's attitude has changed a lot. If you listen to his post game commentary it's very positive and um, very it sounds very encouraged so obviously when a ring's on the line like really on the line as opposed to his years in houston where it's like maybe it's on the line but like now it's like almost certain that you guys are going to the finals almost certain obviously until you actually play the game so yeah james harden's yeah he's always been pretty professional though i'll give him that like even his years in houston uh when when he got all that flack for like choking quote-unquote choking in the playoffs uh he still always was uh, it was really only this year that I've seen this side of James Harden where you're like, holy cow, maybe he is a diva, but um, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now. Uh, you want to talk about some of the standouts uh, this year? Um, obviously, the leaderboards are, are kind of um, kind of surprising or interesting as if, if, you, if you want to have a look at them. Yeah, I looked at them. Um... What what I'll talk about, I guess, beforehand is just the standings in the league. Um, Utah is playing out of their mind right now. I'm very proud of them as as a team. Um, their their defensive rating, I think their offensive ratings are you know some of the best right now, and they're playing some of the best basketball. As you can see, they're first in the West, followed by the Clips and the Lakers, who are more or less tied. Denver is up there. Memphis is up there. Phoenix with you know the addition of Chris Paul's sixth place. Uh, Portland, who Dame, um, Logo Lillard and uh, CJ McCollum, who's unfortunately going to be out for a few weeks with a broken foot, um, have been playing, you know, great along alongside Golden State, which has really gotten their second win with Draymond back. Um, Steph Curry's playing out of his mind right now. Um, very impressive without Clay Thompson. And then you got San Antonio on the outlooks, who's who's also doing extremely well. Well, this we've, so, we're seeing MVP DeRozan. I don't know what it is, but uh, his time in in San Antonio has been really good for him, and he's really developed. Uh, well, uh, like you mentioned, Steph Curry's back. MVP Curry's back. So, um, yeah, I mean, these standings are crazy. Uh, big shout out to Denver, by the way, jumping all the way from I think they were 
close to last at point because uh, mm-hmm. uh, I remember when the Raptors were were um, getting killed in early in the season, and we're still getting killed, by the way. But uh, Denver was also getting killed, and now they're uh, fourth in the West, which is crazy to see in what a couple of weeks time and Jokic is playing like a, a true MVP like I, I have him right now as a, I think as most people as probably the lead candidate mm-hmm. uh, so the West is looking crazy right now because teams are just it's it's the well wild wild West is back I guess you could say and yeah and Dallas well at 8 and 12 which I, I thought the number would be a lot lower for the wins um, they're struggling right now Luca is getting frustrated He's even been vocal about his team not looking like they want to win or they're not hungry for that win. Um, that's with KP too. Lose, and that's with KP too, who's supposed to help Luka. Well, now, I have Luka in fantasy. He did struggle a little bit in the beginning without KP, and KP came back, and I said he's going to do well, and he has been doing well, but hasn't been translating into wins, and he's starting to get frustrated, so hopefully there's going to be some fire lit. I really don't know who you take out. I don't think the Grizzlies will stay there for entirely much longer um but then you still got you know uh you still got san antonio that could vie for a spot and then uh, and maybe dallas that could vie for a spot so it's tough to really say and i didn't think dallas was going to make playoffs last year and i thought they'd make playoffs this year with luca you know just proving who he was in the playoffs but uh, i mean early struggles i mean we're going to talk about the raptors soon and 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 the word is early struggles um, for whatever reason, I, I think the thing with Dallas too is they lost a lot of their shooters as well, right? Yeah. They lost. I, I probably Seth Curry's the biggest one that comes to mind, mm-hmm. uh, but even Tim Hardaway Jr., even though he was super, uh, super inconsistent, he still brought that spark. So, um, where is Tim Hardaway Jr. now? He's on Dallas. Is he still on Dallas? Oh, okay, I thought they got rid of him, but okay. Right, so Seth Rollins, uh, Seth Rollins, Seth Curry <laughs> is the one that I'm thinking of right now. Yeah. He's the main one, and he's been I, playing really well, actually. I don't think they manipulated their roster too much, but I think they did. They definitely lost Seth, but uh, I think more or less everyone's still intact. I, I might be missing a guy or two in terms of shooters, but uh, it's more or less the same team. Uh, but it uh, looks like just that fight, that fire within them, it, it's just not there from what it was in uh, Dallas. Uh, sorry, what it was in the playoffs last year. Um, you know, looking toward the East, um, 76ers are first, Nets, Bucks, Pacers, Boston, the Hawks, Cleveland, obviously, and, and Charlotte being the misdemeanors at the 7th and 8th seed, which I think are going to be for, uh, I think Miami's definitely going to make playoffs, um, and then I Magic or the Knicks, I think, will make playoffs. The Knicks are just so competitive this year, and then I think Toronto will hopefully get that last spot, so... Very surprising for the Toronto Raptors. More uh, just as surprising for the Miami Heat, who are struggling. A uh, team I'd like to talk about is uh, Washington Wizards, that just can't seem to get it going. Bradley Beal uh, has the record now for most forty-point losses uh, ever, I guess you could say overall, which is a, a de- very demeaning stat for him. As I've watched Bradley Beal and the Washington Wizards play. Um, they do play with a lot of gusto. I know Bertans has just come back and he was struggling with his shot in his first game back. Bradley Beal can score the ball literally from everywhere. He's so clutch. It reminds me a lot of uh, Damian Lillard. And I say that for a lot of guys. I say that for Donovan Mitchell as well. Uh, but uh, they just can't seem to get a W in the wins column. I know he faced Houston earlier in the week and John Wall and I believe they lost that game too Houston did win uh leading with a with a leading stat line from John Wall so 
Um, very interesting to know. I don't really know what you do for with Washington with Russell. You know, still meshing with the team. It's still early to say. Um, I don't know. It's a tough one because we saw that stat with Bradley Beal, 10 40 point games, um, ten losses, and it's kind of like shoot, maybe, maybe Bradley Beal might be the problem. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's. I don't think that's fair to say because when John Wall was out, you know, the last three years, and Bradley Beal was in. And he started emerging as an all-star. Not, not the second fiddle, but, you know, the first fiddle. They were doing well with him. But something I also want to know about last year was that when Beal and Wall were out, Washington did better, better with both of them out than with either of them on or both of them together. No, so. I, ju I just think the point is, is that this is, there's a reason why this is the f only time it's happened in history. Um, maybe you can say it's an anomaly, but it's also a reflection of the fact that you had 10 40-point games in a row. And you lost all of them. <laughs> yeah. But like like I said, I've watched a few Washington games. Bradley Beal is not hogging the ball. Bradley Beal is not doing anything. I would say that negatively impacts the team. But clearly, it's having whatever is going on no, with these 40 but it's, points. It was, this guy is so clutch. I would liken it to uh, DeRozan when he wasn't really uh, moving the, the, the win column. Uh, when he was with the Raptors, um, putting up stats that you know looks really really nice on paper, um, and you're right when you look you look at this guy, he has the skill sets and he's clearly a superstar, um, but it's not translating. Yeah, and this is not a conversation. This is the first ever conversation we're having about Bradley Beal in this light, so uh, it's very interesting because he's definitely taken. I mean, helm, part right? of the reason of that is because we had John Wall as the scapegoat. As a scapegoat, right? and he's so gone you can, now. We were how many times were we talking about John Wall? He's the problem. He's the problem. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's Bradley Beal, or maybe it's the Wizards as a franchise. As a franchise, yeah. uh, It could be that as Never well. Never recovered after um, Michael Jordan. But I, I do think that is like a crappy stat to have on your, <laughs> your resume. It's a very crappy stat. To he's, he's frustrated with that stat as well. Um, I think carrying it, he was not too happy with it, and it just goes further. And obviously, Russell's only played like seven, eight games with Washington. It's it's so very demeaning for Russell Westbrook to have to go to different franchises and instantly have a change, like how he, he was also berated in Houston about not helping them out. And he did come around, you know, midway through the season to really mesh. Um, he's not getting any of the blame, but he's also a forgotten player on that team as well um, as the focus goes toward Bradley Beal. So I think once Rus Russell gets going with whatever he needs to mesh with the team, but again, I don't see Washington. I mean, they got Thomas Bryant, they got Bertons. They definitely have a team, um, but... Well, when you talk about Westbrook, the thing is, is he's earned that right. He's shown that he wins with OKC, he's shown that he can win, uh, even with Houston, right? Like He's uh, made playoffs every year. Yeah, so I think that's why you give Westbrook a pass as opposed to Beal. But I think... Because even though Westbrook is not shooting well, I agree with that. But some years he didn't shoot well in OKC. They still made playoffs. He does everything and, else. And that's what I was. That's what I want to add now. That I think Bradley Beal needs to take a little bit of a step back and let the leadership of Russell Westbrook shine through because he's led teams single-handedly. I'm going to say single-handedly to playoffs, and that's mostly to, toward OKC. And I think he has the ability to do it. But I think Bradley Beal sort of has to fall in line with him because Bradley Beal hasn't been to the playoffs. Whereas Westbrook has been to the playoffs many times. That's that's very true. Right. So um, I think that's what sort of has to happen. Bradley Beal maybe. And how you take a step back is hard to say. Because again, I've watched Bradley Beal, Beal play. He's not doing anything I was to harm say, the though, team. How do, how do we know that... 
Because from what it sounds like in the interviews, it sounds like he did take a step back. Because when Westbrook came in, he kind of said, oh, like, the intensity and practices are so much better. Uh, Westbrook has improved, you know, well, the, Westbrook's the a attitude. Leader. He's an blah, alpha. Blah, blah. So, so it sounds like Bradley Beal sees Westbrook. So I don't think there's any issue about who the leader is on the team or anything like that. And the other thing, too, is Westbrook is still, you know, even though he's shooting poorly, he's still averaging almost a double-double. I mean, triple-double. Um, so clearly he's, he's still doing everything else. Um, so I don't know. Like, like, for example, when you say Bradley Beal needs to take a step back, what do you want to see? Exactly. Like Russell probably leading the floor general kind of duties. I'm not saying that Bradley Beal's leading that duty, but, but like, I think again, you need to have like more, with a triple double, more isn't focus. Isn't he sort in, of doing that? No, I, I, I don't think so. I think in Houston you saw it for the first time. That, uh, I don't know. I, you get what I'm saying though, right? Like I do hear what you're saying. Right? Assists, like, yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's very true. It's very true. I just feel like that OKC Russell Westbrook, where it was just him and Steven Adams, right. really like showed what a Westbrook-centric team could do, at mm-hmm. least make playoffs. You're not going to go far in playoffs, but, like, man, when you had those games where he would face Golden State and Steph Curry and these guys are just, like, popping off on each other, like, those are, like, really nostalgic games, and Westbrook still has that in him, but, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think you have to go that route. I think you're 3-12. You're and 12. Uh, Whatever you're doing now is not working, so you got to change something up because if Charlotte is 9-11 and 11 in 8th spot and Cleveland is 9-10 and 10 and seventh spot i mean you guys should be a little better than this yeah also you raptors and and miami huh it's just a crazy it's it a crazy, crazy season right now yeah um that said who do you expect to make the playoffs because obviously i don't think charlotte will be there at the end of the year yeah well i already said uh i expect the heat to make it um i expect one of the knicks or the magic to make it and i expect the raptors to make it so i'd have to knock out Oh, that's not good. So I like so I can only knock out the Cavs and the Hornets. So it's gonna be the Raptors and the Heat. It's the only thing I can really say. Possibly Atlanta. Possibly Atlanta. I think Atlanta makes it though. They've been playing some really good basketball in the last week, and I think they're starting to mesh. Yeah, the last week. Uh, before that though, there was a lot of like rumors about issues with. Uh, well, Trey Young. Trey Young. The thing is, John Collins. And this is what I said, and I think I believe I said this in a previous podcast, or I mean, I've just been speaking to you. Is that? Trey Young now has to understand how to implement his offensive style with a winning team. Because essentially what he has on his hand is a winning team. A team that can make playoffs for the first time in his career. So he's just got to adjust. And he was struggling. If you if you looked uh, when the guys were healthy, he was struggling with hitting his shot. He went on a little bit of rut, which we hadn't seen in two or three year, or two years. Um, this being his third year. Um, so we saw it for the first time. But it wasn't very long. And we knew it wouldn't be very long. He just dropped 42 points, I think, two nights ago. And they won that game. So I'm starting, I'm starting to see that mesh. I think Atlanta does make playoffs this year. I think um, the issue with Trey Young is he was never really that efficient of a shooter. Um, he was putting up high volume, um, and he had amazing stats, obviously, because of the high volume. Um, but when you become a playoff team, and especially a contending team, mm. um, you got to start tightening all of that up. And so it's not good enough to just be able to get 40 points on, you know, like you know, high 30% shooting or low 40% shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might actually be the issue with Bradley Beal as well. It's like, um, it's not enough just to get those numbers up, uh, but now you need to implement that winning culture. And, and I think you're right in that Atlanta does have a playoff team. Now you're looking at Clint Cabela and John Collins as, uh, you know, yeah. 
some of, I think they said the best duo in the uh, defensive duo in the league right now. Um, so yeah, he definitely has the team to do it, but uh, I'm a little concerned by some of the rumors I heard, especially like John Collins and, and Trey Young not getting along. I don't like the fact that Atlanta wasn't able to get a deal done with uh, John Collins as well. Um, that was a little. That's a little. That's a little concerning. That's concerning as well. But again, he is a restricted free agent, so maybe they kind of just saying, you know, go see what you can get on the yeah, market we'll and we'll match, match. Yeah. Uh, which isn't unheard of. But at the same time, um, you know. I thought Trey Young and John Collins was going to be their duo for the future. Yeah. So uh, a couple of concerns with Atlanta, but if they make the playoffs, uh, which is, you know, they're well on their way to, um, I wouldn't be completely shocked. I do think Cleveland and and, and, and uh, Charlotte are the ones to go. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Toronto hasn't really shown anything that sh- tells me they're going to be a playoff team. No. And we'll get to that Yeah. when we talk about the Raptors in a little more detail as we have about Washington here. But that said, um, you got Jokic right now as leading MVP candidate? Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. A little stone cold there, buddy. A little stone cold there, but absolutely. Um, yeah, I would say looking at the fantasy rankings, um, Jokic is number one. I would have him as the MVP candidate right now as well. Um, I would expect Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James to sneak in there at any point, and Dame Lillard probably. Anthony um, Davis and uh, Anthony Davis, and even Steph Curry should they make it. I don't think I don't think Golden State's going to have a high seed, so I don't think Steph's going to really be in that conversation unless he really starts going off in the second half of the season, which could happen. But I just want to list out the names here for fantasy. What happens if Utah becomes the number one seed? Yeah, then you got to look at Donovan uh, Mitchell, Donovan Gobert. Mitchell, Gobert, yeah. Uh, either either one of those guys and ever since uh, Shaq was uh, unfortunately really negative in my opinion to Donovan Mitchell in everyone's opinion um, Shaq's got to be the saltiest uh, 100 millionaire I've ever seen in my life and uh, Donovan Mitchell's been showing up ever since um, I thought that was an unfounded thing to tell someone so young and youthful and well, who was just a, doing a post-game let's interview. Let's add on to the so. fact that uh, he's been dogging on Gobert since he got his contract. Like, first of all, stop counting other people's money. Yeah. Uh, second of all, why does this upset you so much? Yeah. And well, then, and then and then to go and attack Donovan Mitchell after, like, just because he's teammates with Gobert, like, yeah. dude. It's weird. Shaq, come on. You're better than this. Like, he, he's done a lot of great philanthropy Is he, stuff. Is he, is he better though? Unfortunately, like uh, we didn't even talk about this, but it's it's the one year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's passing. Rest in peace. Um, and they did a little bit of mini documentaries about Kobe. Um, and uh, while everything more or less, you know, was just about Kobe's enthusiasm for the game, there was a little bit uh, that I was speaking to you about with Shaquille O'Neal, and it seems like he seemed to butt heads with a lot of people that he played with, uh, Penny Hardaway being one of them, and Kobe Bryant obviously being a second person um, that had been talked about in this in 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 this sport. Um, I think it was Dirk Fisher that was saying the story, but I, I could be wrong about that. But um, he's he did say that Penny Hardaway is more. Uh, passive and the way he deals with things so Shaquille O'Neal will get a lo- get away with a lot of things that he said I know Kobe wasn't the most liked guy when he first got into the Lakers locker room because of things he said and did well he um, was confident as everybody else right he came into the locker room yeah. and said this is my team yeah <laughs> so yeah and then Shaq took offense to everything because he's a big man who takes offense to everything I guess and uh they butt heads quite a bit and even again uh, it's, it's it's not the nicest thing to ever say but um Shaq 
was very sad last year when Kobe passed because he hadn't spoken to Kobe in, I don't know, 10 years or something like that because it's just because they didn't get along. So, uh, Shaq, you need to put things into perspective. Um, this guy's a young... Donovan Mitchell's a young guy. Uh, you don't know whether he has it factor yet. He is still trying to figure that out. And for you to not be encouraging and being just more negative, we don't need more negativity in this world. You live in America. You should know better. Well, I, That's I think, going to be my two cents. I think the other thing, too, is um, you're right that he was probably just as um, negative during his playing time, you know, when he played with Penny and, and Kobe. But, you know, you can almost give him a pass because you're playing, your, your testosterone is high, you're competitive as hell. But in your retirement age, when you're just a... Uh, um, mouthpiece? A mouthpiece now, you're just sitting on, you know, you're a commentator, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, you're retired. You should be spreading positivity. You're right. Like at this age and this point in your life, encouragement, encourage yeah. you should. And, and you even talk about the fact that you're trying to bring these guys up, but that's not how you do it. Right. You don't bully the guy. And, and, and because he gets better from it, take that as, a, Oh yeah. As a it fact. was because of me. Yeah. Like, no, that's, that's not how you do it. And there's a way to do it too. It's like Donovan, you showed me you, what well, you could have said is Donovan. You showed me greatness in the bubble last year i want to see more of it from you i know you have it in you but i i want to challenge you to to prove to me that you can do it that's a more positive reinforcement way of saying what shaq said in my point of view there's a better way to say it yeah. i understand in shaq's time they're they're ready to you know yell at each other and, and say negative profanities and yeah it's about being a man and growing up but like also realize that the world has shifted in the way that we say things to people, uh, because you don't know what's going on in someone's life, and you don't know what's, what they, they have on their back. You don't know that. You don't know anything about that. So there's always a better way to do things, especially you being a leader, you being one of the forefathers of basketball. There's better well, ways to do it. And the other thing, too, is nobody was talking about Donovan. Like, nobody was saying that he was playing poorly or anything like that. This really came out of left field. Yeah, or no and, one was saying that he's the next Michael Jordan either. And I'm pretty sure, again, it had to do with the fact that he's already salty on Gobert, and he's just picking on his teammates now. And and it's kind of like, dude. It's petty. It's so petty for a petty. seven foot, six year old man. Retired. Sixty year old man. Retired. Anyway, but so uh, I just want to go through the uh, fantasy rankings really fast. Um, uh, Nikola Jokic being first. I'm gonna go in order. Uh, Twelve deep. Steph Curry, Nikola Vucevic, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Dame Lillard, Miles Turner, which is a huge surprise for me. Michael Brogdon, which is another huge surprise for me. Joel Embiid. Chris Middleton, Jeremy Grant, which is a huge surprise for me. Zach Levine, who I think is just killing it right now. I love that he made the top 12. And rounding out the 12 which is, is hard to Mr. Bet on Yourself, a Federico Van Fleet at the 12th spot, averaging great numbers, but just not getting us the wins. Um, there are definitely some... Uh, surprises here. I'm going to list my biggest surprises. Zach Levine, who I just, I, I cannot say enough about Zach Levine and the way he's playing. And we saw glimpses of this last year, but I think he really solidified himself as a pure scorer, in a, especially in a Chicago organization that doesn't really seem to know what they're doing. Um, I love that this guy, he's a great shooter. He's a great driver. He, he drops threes. He's shooting 51 from the field, 88 from the line. I mean, it definitely has high turnovers, but I think with the ball in your hand most of the time and being young, you, you got to prove it. And it's very unfortunate that Zach Levine, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins couldn't do anything in Minnesota. 
Uh, I'll disagree with you. I think Jeremy Grant is the big surprise here. I think Zach, Zach Levine's always been pretty good. That's true. Yeah. Like last year, he averaged 20 points as well. He's yeah. always been pretty yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Jeremy Grant is, yeah. I think Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, Grant has got to be the surprise here because yeah. he was literally a role player last year and now all of a sudden he's become the go-to guy yeah. on Detroit. He's number one. He's changing Detroit culture. Like Blake Griffin is an afterthought now as everything's going to probably go through Jeremy Grant, you know, part of that great Grant dynasty mm-hmm. um so uh, he has greatness in his dna so it'll be interesting to see how what else he can do and this is what i thought jeremy grant could do last year and he's doing it this year so yeah, of course i was very sad that i wasn't able to get him glad you got him uh but uh fuck you yeah well he whoa whoa watch the language they were trying to keep it pg but uh 13 um i got him pretty late too so mm-hmm. i mean uh a lot, not a lot a of people not a lot of people were high on jeremy grant but yeah. i mean when you get a contract like that uh, it's worth taking a flyer on because yeah. somebody who gets paid that much should be putting out decent numbers mm-hmm. uh miles turner is an interesting one and i will say it's a surprise only because i legit only think he's on this list because of his blocks yeah he's... you take his blocks out of there is very normal stats yeah. and some might even say like mediocre <laughs> yeah the other thing is yeah the, the the blocks are definitely out of this world at four and He's still averaging, giving you a three a game. So his defensive stats are essentially what's putting him over. And obviously the 51% from the field and 75% from the line, which, you know, always help as a big man, you know, as big men usually have trouble shooting. So no, I agree. But I just feel like, but if you have to choose, when we talk about Miles Turner, we've been talking about him for three years. Yeah, for sure. We've been talking to him forever. That he's supposed to break out. Like 20 and 10. The way they make him sound. Yeah. The way they hype him up. The question I pose to you is, um, Notwithstanding how they're doing currently, if you were to have a fantasy team, would you want Miles Turner or Jeremy Grant? And then I'll, I'll pose a question. If you were to have a team, like a GM, who would you want? Oh, okay. Well, fantasy-wise, I'm going to go with... It's I'll tough. probably go with Jeremy Grant. Okay. Um, only because I love well-rounded players. Um, not to say that Miles Turner isn't well-rounded because you're right. He gets you a three. He gets you your defensive boards. Um, I'm, I don't know, much like a lot of people, I look at the core stats first, that's your points, rebounds, assists. Um, and so I look at that first and then, you know, yeah, the blocks are nice, but I prefer to have more points, rebounds, assists, the whole package. And I feel like Jeremy Grant is like on that level. And for a team? For a team, I'll probably go with, uh, Miles Turner just because Jeremy Grant, uh, has to He's doing this because he's the lead guy. Miles Turner can do this as the fourth option, the third option. That's cool. That's interesting because I would flip it. I would take Miles Turner in fantasy and I would take Jeremy Grant on a team because I feel like Jeremy Grant can do a lot of the great things and he can also be a great role player and he can also, you know, he's more applicable to many situations. I don't think you're wrong in the way you chose, but in terms of if I had my team, I might go Jeremy Grant and I'd, for my fantasy team, I'd go Miles Turner because he blows up the blocks. Well, put it this way though. Um, could Jeremy Grant do this playing alongside two better players? He might just because he he doesn't just because he may not have the opportunity, he probably won't. But I feel like he's a solid person to have on your team. He doesn't necessarily hurt you whereas Miles Turner, no no, you know, now being what? The third guy who scores cuz I think Sabonis, I think arguably Sabonis, Sabonis has passed him. One option. Well, he also got Brogdon. Sabonis. I still say Sabonis right? is the number one option right now. He's been playing out of this world. 
Uh, Brogdon, you're right. Um, I would do Brogdon over, yeah. yeah. Uh, so either Miles, way, yeah. though, those two guys are like clearly ahead of Turner. And, and that's why I and like Turner. You plug him in anywhere and he'll do his and, stuff. And there's no wrong answer here. It's just interesting that, you know, we flipped it. But there's no, there's really no wrong answer here. I mean, uh, if, if you guys want to win in fantasy, though, the, the wrong answer is Mark. <laughs> so who? The wrong answer is who? The wrong answer is the one by Mark, but no, that's, that's all good. Miles Turner gives you four blocks. I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, as per this, Miles Turner is actually ahead of them, so you would be right on that, <laughs> on that fact. Uh, but you know me, I love my well-rounded guys. Somebody who's averaging, you know, twenty, twenty-three point six, five point nine, two point nine assists. I thought he got more assists than that, but yeah. um, all right. So you have a point there. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, again, there's no wrong answer there. It's just an interesting... How about this? I'll take both those guys on my team. <laughs> All right. If you get both those guys, I get KD. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can have KD from last year. How about that? <laughs> beat, this guy tries to beat me any way he can. All right. All right. So, yeah, let's, let's talk about a little bit of the Raptors. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be a little bit of a scary talk. But we were 5-5 five and five in our last 10. Um, we did lose our last game um, to Sacramento in a heartbreak. Here's the points. question. Are we tanking? Maybe. I think because we're in Tampa Bay and we're always away and things just don't seem to be clicking. There's I, just a lot of suspicious things going on. Yeah. The roster is first and foremost. Like the lineups we have every night is, is changes, random. random. Sometimes he'll play Boucher and sometimes he won't play Boucher, which completely pisses Boggles me off the mind because when Boucher he's the best should be a starter he's the best he's on our team he's the highest efficient he is he plays the highest efficiency at 27 yeah the only other person to even come close to that sorry he's at 24 the only other person that comes close to that is fred van fleet at 17 and that's pretty far in my opinion uh freddie owns now points and assists pascal rebounds og steals which is very impressive at 2.1 not that he couldn't do that and he got Chris Boucher at 2.1 blocks as well. Kyle Lowry's not on this list at, at all anymore for leader. Not that that matters, but I'm just saying, like... No, I agree with you 100%. Boucher. Boucher. Matt, Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas is not playing. Not playing. Like, I, it, it frustrates me. Uh, I don't know what Nick Nurse is doing, but uh, Boucher played 13 minutes back-to-back and you, in losses. And and the other thing that's... Uh, because they're saying, the excuse is, oh, we were sizing up. Sizing up what? We need to win games. There's no sizing up here. Put the best players on the court. The other thing that's surprising, and you're right, because when you go to playoff, you go to a seven-man rotation. So don't be talking about putting the best lineups on the court when yeah. you know Let's, that you're going to play a seven-man rotation don't, anyways. Don't be talking about putting um, Flynn and, and, Bre- <laughs> and Brembury in. Like, like it's, Leo, yeah, we're going to think about putting these guys in. Yeah. Like, come on, man. And even Stanley Johnson, who has... To be fair, played well, but there was nothing last year that warranted the minutes that he got this year. Um, that yeah. said, maybe he put in the work over the off off season. I'm not sure, um, but nonetheless, I, I feel Matt Thomas showed some stuff last year that deserves to get some playing time this year. Now, the other weird thing is, it seems like every other day someone's injured. They're, you know, first it was uh, Kyle, then Pascal, and OG. Well, Pascal's been dealing with his growing issue, and I, I, I've had a growing issue, and it's a terrible thing. And he's played. But he was out it. for his leg. And he was out for his knee, yeah, which is <laughs> like, it boggles my mind, like how yes. that's possible. And now OG so. is out. So yeah, to your point, I think the tank is happening. I think they don't want to stay in Tampa Bay. I, I, th- I agree. I think there's a tank happening, but it's very under the radar. They're doing just. I don't think the players are tanking. I think they're playing 
you know, with what's given to them. But I think they're making all the possible moves to tank in terms of resting guys or, or you know, injuries or whatever it is. And, and the crazy lineups that we've been seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do think there is a tank happening. They are uh, facing Orlando today as well. That'll be an interesting shoot, man. match. I'd ra- like we talked about this, and I'd rather we don't be like, an eight seed. Than, we don't like losing than a no seed. Yeah, we don't like losing at all. So uh, hopefully the Raptors. Good luck to you guys. Five and five is not bad. You guys need to turn this around. We need to make playoffs. If you are tanking, you are tanking. But uh, we played a win here in Toronto. Well, that's the that's, thing. That's, it's that's, like tanking just is so bad for the culture that you built. And this culture we built mm-hmm. has been a long time in the making. Mm-hmm. Like we had to overcome the Bosch era, um, and it really all started with DeRozan and, and, and Lowry yeah. and 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 seven years of work that they put in together. Or was it seven or eight years? I can't remember. But uh, and all that work and and to start tanking, it's almost like you're resetting all of that. Yeah, which yeah. sucks. Um, and losing sucks. Period. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, the other thing too is I just if we tank, I'm pretty sure Lowry's gone, and I don't want Lowry to leave. So. Yeah, so we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens. We'll we'll get you guys further updates on the Raptor situation. But uh, yeah, but today's a big day. It's Sunday, uh, not Super Sunday. That's next week. Uh, but uh, Royal Rumble, the start of the road to WrestleMania is tonight, um, and we got a few matches. Uh, we haven't talked about WWE in a long time. We've been focused. We've not, been not worth talking about, but maybe today. It maybe is. today. Uh, we're gonna give AEW a little bit of a break this week. Um, but uh, Royal Rumble is today the 30-man Royal Rumble over the top rope for a championship match at WrestleMania 37 happens tonight, um, as well as the women's 30-woman uh, Royal Rumble match for a chance at a women's championship at WrestleMania 30. Yes, seven. Uh, hopefully, because I was actually they were playing. Who you got? They were playing last year's uh, Rumble last year, uh, last year today, um, and so I just wanted to quickly say, hopefully the women's Rumble is much better than last year because I felt like they had nobody last year and they just pulled everybody that they could. NXT people, um, retired people, <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody. So everybody. hopefully the women's Rumble is better this year. Uh, but in terms of who I have, I have no idea. Honestly, <laughs> there is no front runner for me. Uh, I know you were saying Keith Lee for... Uh, Keith Lee is what I'm going for yeah. the men's Royal Rumble as a surprise. And for the women's Royal Rumble, I'm going to go with... Uh, what's her face? Uh, uh, I'm going to go with two. I'll tell you why. So I'm going to go Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with the surprise return of the man. Oh, no way. Becky Lynch with a with an eight-month-year-old baby, baby. No way. I... I no way. And the reason I say that is... Uh, well... One, because it's too soon. I think when you're, especially when you're a mother, you, you tend to want to stay at home with the baby for a this long time. This is the man. <laughs> Second of all, I, I honestly, truly believe that we'll see Seth Rollins back before we do see uh, Becky Lynch. Uh, nonetheless, though, if we do see Becky, if she enters, then yeah, I, she wins. She wins. There's yes. no way that you don't give it to her. Um, I don't think we see her at the Rumble today, though. Um, shoot, I don't, I really don't have... It's got to be Bianca Belair, otherwise. Yeah, could be Bianca. She Belair. started a feud with. Uh, could be Charlotte. Uh, Bailey, it could be Charlotte, uh, but I think Bianca. I think you got to give it to her because they've been hyping her up all of last year yeah. with like really no matches to prove why she is what she is. Shoot, um, it could be Bailey. No, I don't think Bailey wins. I think Bailey's gonna be in the back burners for a little bit. Well, uh, the reason why I say it could be Bailey is because just imagine how much fun you would have with Bailey and 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 having that. Uh, uh, I guess it's not a briefcase, but, you know, having that opportunity, you know what I mean? Bailey would be good with a briefcase or you know what whatever I mean? you want to call it. Yeah, 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 like having that uh, yeah. Uh, in her possession. 
Um, but I think, I think, so they started a feud to Bianca and uh, Bailey have started a feud. They did. So I think what's going to happen is Bianca's going to win and Bailey's going to berate her. Which, by the way, did you see that obstacle course they're yeah. in? Holy cow. Bianca Belair, guys. Otis. Lifted up Otis. Oh, yeah. Like, that is insane. I don't even think me and Mark together could lift up Otis. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't try either. Yeah. <laughs> so Bianca Belair, Jesus, like yeah. you are as fit as 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 I mean you are as ad- advertised. Um, yeah. and then when it comes to the men's Royal Rumble, I really have no idea. Keith Lee's a, g- a good option. Yeah. Um I thought they rushed the edge comeback a little like stupid. Edge he could win. He no. He could have shown up and he could have uh yeah, they, they surprised, that, yeah. but they ruined that. So no, I don't think Edge can come back and I win. I mean, the, I, the only reason I say he could win is because I ha- I really have nobody to win this. Like, even if Keith Lee the wins... The thing is, you have to look at it this way. It's going to be Roman Reigns and, and Drew McIntyre with the belt. Mm-hmm. Edge can't beat Drew McIntyre. Edge can't beat Roman Reigns. Like, from no. a stance standpoint, yes, no. they, he can beat them, but not from where he stands. No. Um, no. I think what happens is Keith Lee wins... Keith Lee's going to face Roman Reigns and beat Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns has been on the high host for a little while. I'm not saying that Roman Reigns won't win it back, uh, but uh, really? I think that's the way you're going. You think the head of the table is going to lose the belt anytime I so. soon? I think to Keith Lee. They'll hype him up until WrestleMania. I think that was always the always been the plan with oh, Keith Lee. Wow. Nah, I disagree with that. I think I, this is one of Vince's boys now. I, I think if anyone's going to lose their belt first, it'll be Drew between the two. Well, Drew already lost the belt, so now it's just like... Eh. He, but he won it back. Like he did win it back in fashion, right? Um, so, and I think with Drew McIntyre facing Goldberg, it's short of already trying to kick him up a little more. I could see him facing Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for a rematch. Um, I could, I could see that in his future because there's just no one big enough. Seth Rollins would be the next guy, and even Seth is on SmackDown, so I don't know who really you uh, think. No, and I agree with you. And I think that's the whole problem with this men's division right now is just. Um, I mean, AJ the con- can win too, but... You have contenders, but the champions just kind of feel untouchable right now. Like, Roman Reigns feels untouchable. Untouchable. They both feel untouchable uh, to me. Drew feels untouchable in the sense that he'll win it back. Like you said, he did lose it, but... Three weeks. He won it back. Yeah. <laughs> um, that said, you know the WWE, man. They, they do weird things. So, you never know if Edge wins it, and then all of a sudden they have Drew lose to Randy, and then they set up a Randy and Edge versus at, at WrestleMania, right? Like, it could happen. It's just WWE doesn't know ex- at all what they're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah. So, um, but the thing is, right now, there's just nobody really has an Edge <laughs> No, no pun intended. Pun intended. Uh, but nobody really has an edge to that crown. I don't see any strong candidates as contenders. Um, you, you know, you got the same names over and over again. AJ Styles could win it for all we know. AJ Styles could win it, yeah. Um, the other match on here that's <laughs> pretty interesting, though, is Drew versus Goldberg. Goldberg. My goodness. Drop the G. It's just Oldberg. 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 Yeah, they try to, uh, I think they try to rectify Goldberg's stupid promo. You don't respect the old guys. You think you can come here and beat them up? It's like, no, Drew's pretty respectful of. People. Here's a question: If Goldberg wins the belt, does that change your Rumble winner? No, because Keith Lee will face Goldberg and fucking mash him. I could see that. I could see if Goldberg wins the belt, I could see Keith Lee beating him. Uh, I don't see Keith Lee being Roman, but I could see him being Goldberg just because Goldberg's not here for a long time. Yeah, he's not, not here even for here a good for a good time. time either. 
He's just here to ruin everybody's so what, time. What you got, a three-minute match or five-minute match? <laughs> well, like I told you earlier, I believe a three-minute match would still be exceeding expectations. <laughs> so uh, we'll go with three minutes. Uh, and if and if he gets even close to three minutes, uh, it'll be a good day. Um, the other match is Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. I think this will be a great match. Roman Reigns will probably win. But Last man standing. We so all know matches. Kevin Owens puts on great matches. Um, yeah. Roman's been putting on really good matches as well. Roman's great as a heel. I've been saying this. I, I've been saying this for years that he should be a heel because he's already getting booed anyway. But yeah, he's been an awesome, yeah. awesome heel. And yeah. I don't think he can ever go back. He's so good at the smug face. He's so good on the mic as a heel. Like yes. I love him as a heel. I, I think he's perfect. Yeah. yeah, especially his demeanor, right? Like he's not the most he's charismatic and, promo person, right? And it works perfect. And it works for a heel role because you can talk very, yeah. you know, dark and whatever it is. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's been working and then uh Kevin Owens just puts on great matches, so yeah. these guys w- will put on a good match, I'm sure. Yeah. Asuka Charlotte versus Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Uh, tag team rematch for the belts. I mean, i probably have Asuka winning, but Asuka and Charlotte. But you never know, man. Charlotte's coming for that championship belt, so this team's got to break up eventually. got to break up eventually, yeah. Um, and then finally, Sasha Banks and Carmella. Which no one cares about. Yeah, I don't know. I, we talked about this, I think, Sasha's gonna the win. last one where, like, Carmella's just been pushed in this feud that makes no sense. And Especially, it, Sasha, is this fa- Sasha, Sasha facing a taller version of herself, it feels like, to me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I like Carmella. I think she's yeah. cool. Uh, I just don't think she's earned she's it She's not ready for Sasha. Yeah, she, she came back, and then they just kind of threw her in there. Yeah. Being an ex-champion, too. So but Anyway, we have a much bigger match that was lost by... The notorious Conor McGregor. Oh my goodness! So this was last week, I believe it was. Um, yes, last week. Dustin the Man Poirier. Dustin the Diamond Poirier versus Conor. Conor McGregor in a round two one. knockout. I think that uh, was sweet, sweet poetry. I mean, I don't know what this was. It was a good match, though. Um, Conor looked good in that first round. Did. I'll give him that. He yeah. probably won that first round as well. Yeah. Uh, but Dustin, I think the the key thing here was once Dustin took a couple of his shots and knew that he wasn't getting knocked out, that kind of turned it on for him. Yeah. Because um, what you see with Connor normally is they take that first shot and they're like, shit, this hurts. And then it's slowly wilting away. But it was the opposite for Dustin Poirier where he kind of like took that first shot. I was like, all right. Yeah. And I think the other thing was that Dustin focused on his legs on, on Connor's oh, legs. Yeah, that was well, that was a key. And thing. then that was that was it of his power. Yeah, Connor's legs. Great switch, game plan. Uh, yeah. Great game plan. And the funny thing but, is, yeah. um, I'll just mention this quickly: is that his coach, uh, Matt Brown, not Matt Brown. Sorry. Oh shoot, I forget his name now. But anyways, he was a former fighter. But he implemented the same um, game plan for another fighter who's on that team as well. Shoot, I forget his name as well. But literally leg kicks. That fighter, it was almost reminiscent of this fight. He had originally lost to that guy, and then the second fight, leg kicks, and they won. And exactly how in the same fashion as this one. So uh, great game plan by that team. Yeah. Definitely hurts Connor because he wants to fight seven matches this year, apparently. So one down. He's already been six suspended six months, I think. Connor? Yeah. Steroids? No, 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 no. Uh, like. Medical? Medical. Oh. Yeah. So if he gets better sooner, I think they can. 
Yeah, yeah. Lower the suspension, but that's a big. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's. A, <laughs> he's gonna have to do six matches six in six matches months. In six months, yeah. Plus, so. didn't he say he wanted they were gonna fight Manny this year, Manny Pacquiao in boxing? Maybe that was supposed to happen this year as well. So. Those are just money grabs for him. It doesn't, you know. Um, I don't really know where this leaves anyone because Dana still thinks Habib is coming back. He still is. Def, uh, he still is the champion. Uh, you got Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. Um, one and two. Yeah. Um, I think you do a rematch for the interim belt. Well, the funny thing is Charles Oliveira is supposed to be next in line because um, Justin Gaethje obviously lost to Khabib. Yeah. Um, and Poirier has already lost to Khabib as well. Um, so I think Charles Oliveira was supposed to be next in line. So now you got a bunch of contenders and like, no chance. Well, then in that case, I think you got to do you got to do Dustin and and Charles. I don't know, man. Those three guys. Yeah, shoot, like Poirier and Gaethje would be a hell of a fight too. I would yeah. love to see that. Yeah. And let's not well, forget about Michael Chandler, yeah. who knocked the crap out of uh, Dan Hooker, yeah. um, which was huge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lightweight's looking amazing, but there's no champ. <laughs> there's no champ, and Dana's still pretty convinced that he can get the belt. He can get the champion Habib back, um, t- so he can go thirty and zero at least and be done with his career. And I think that's what Dana's aiming for. I think it's entirely possible, but um, I mean, by all culturally, accounts, though, everything Khabib's saying uh, culturally, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Khabib wants to come back. Yeah, and he, he never wanted to fight without his fight without his father. Yeah. Um, so well, I don't. Yeah, know. and the other thing too is his mom but, asked him not to fight, and yeah. he's like, his mom is his last thing that's you know yeah. close to him. So yeah. why would he? The only reason I'd say to do it is tell Dana to pay you fifty million dollars, and then think, then tell your mom like this is what's on the table. Yeah, and you guys discuss You're it right. as a Mo- family. Money talks, right? money talks, right? And I think that's a great, that's a great move for Habib. That if Dana, you want me back, no problem. Like there's a little bit of a problem, and there's only one solution for that problem. Yeah, and, and you know, money talks. Give me Connor money and we'll, we'll be good. Yeah, we'll be good. Yeah, and then yeah. I, then he discussed it with his family, right? Um, so. so who knows? But man, what incredible UFC last week! Dustin Poirier, all props to this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I, I think the other crazy thing that uh, about Dustin too was he looked kind of tired after the first. He round did. He looked gassed because he did that grappling with Connor. He tried to take him down, and I was a little worried in that second round because he looked so tired. And then, and it was actually uh, like a ruse. I have no idea, but he came back strong. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where we go. We got to wait six months for Connor, which I think will probably be reduced eventually. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a good pay per view overall. Yeah. Great open to the year. So. Uh, looking forward to what else the UFC is going to do. There are a lot of fighters from last year who fought many fights in a very short amount of time that are going to have opportunities this year. Hopefully they stick to it and they win and we see some of these guys really propel into the upper echelons of the UFC rankings and championships and contendership and whatever else you want to say. Yeah, and we got some big matches coming up. Obviously, uh, Israel Adesanya versus Yan Blankowitz is one of them. Um, they already announced Miocic versus, uh, I think, Francis uh, Nagano. Um, rematch there. Um, yeah, so... Great. A lot awesome. of things happening in the UFC. Uh, should be a lot of title fights this year. Um, yeah, and we will... I guess that's about it for this this this, this week's podcast. Yeah. Um, but basketball is moving along um how many games is this season by the way 70 something two i think 72 so but it might be less because there are a lot of teams that have been getting postponed so. yeah we had a lot of ppds yeah. if you play fantasy at all this year you know That's how crazy. crazy it is right yeah. now um never so. really know what's gonna happen so 
the one thing that's for sure <laughs> about Sting is yeah, nothing's, for, nothing's sure for sure about Sting. All right, guys. So that's basically it for this week. Um, a lot of things happening. We have we didn't even touch about AEW, which um, we'll talk about next week. But Kenny Omega's doing his thing, and I'm really excited to see where that goes. And uh, a lot of appearances on Impact. Uh, but we'll get to that next week. So, Mark, as always, last words. GME to the moon. Rocket symbol, rocket symbol, rocket symbol. Go. All right, guys. Later, Gator. Take care.